The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and now New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash. You can win as much as up to $15,000 with one entry. Head over to stableduel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. Drivers, start your... in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Welcome in again to another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Rod Gomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez, And, of course, uh, subscribe to this show on the SGPN app and anywhere else where you find your fantastical podcasts. Joining me, as always, each and every week is Cody Zeeb. Cody, welcome back, my friend. Hey, Rod. How's it going? Glad to be back again another week. Another week, another week of NASCAR. Well, maybe not a week of NASCAR, but, you know, at least we get to get hyped for uh, our Super Bowl, as it were. Exactly. We get the real Super Bowl this weekend, leading into our Super Bowl as a NASCAR family. So, back-to-back Super Bowl weekends. You can't beat that, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. Isn't that pretty cool? It, it is. It's back-to-back Super Bowl weekends. Uh, and if you're not a fan of NASCAR, well, okay, if you're not a fan of NASCAR, but you've wandered your way over here from some other feed or one of our other NASCARs. Welcome, first of all, to the family. And uh, second of all, welcome to what could be your uh, lifelong two Super Bowl weekends back to back. That's uh, that's well put. So, uh, all right, Cody, uh, what, it, or what did you feel like after this first week of, of racing? I, I just I want to get your initial reaction to this first week before we dive right in. 
exciting would be the word I would use to describe last weekend. I, it was very, very exciting and a lot of fun. I mean, the feature race maybe didn't end up with as much excitement as we had hoped. Some poorly timed cautions kind of calmed things down right when they were starting to get into traffic a little bit. But, I mean, the last chance qualifiers, <laughs> every car in that last one wrecked, I think, twice at least. <laughs> Ty Dillon a couple more times than that maybe. So, it was just it was exciting. I think NASCAR did a hell of a job putting on the whole entire weekend really i mean with everything all the races full day of racing like that kind of split up was a lot of fun and then throwing in the ice cube and pitbull performances and having a dj there and look like people were having a hell of a time and so far all i've seen is glowing reviews from anyone that was there so i mean it was gorgeous weather and so just to recap obviously last week was the very first not only very first race with the next gen cars but of course the very first race at the LA Coliseum, it was the Bush Clash. It was the the non-points race that pretty much kicks off the NASCAR season. And it really was a, a spectacle. I mean, it, it was worthy of a Coliseum, in my opinion, because it definitely had all of the entertainment value that goes into a, a NASCAR race. And I, I think you, I love what you said, too, about having a full day of racing, because when you added all of the, the stuff that was going on, you know, the, the racing to get in, um, and then, of course, the, the main event itself, it, I, it was just so much fun to know that you had a, a half a day uh, to, to sit there in front of your television and watch racing. And let's let's talk a little bit about what what it was that got them there. Obviously, we saw the qualifying for it the night before, uh, but the, the heats were very condensed, right? It was a half a field, a half a field, and then the rest of everybody else after that. That's how it shook out. So what did we learn one, I, I want to start from the very first qualifying race. What did we, or actually, let's start from qualifying because we didn't even talk before qualifying. What did we learn about these next gen cars from the qualifying for this Bush Clash? Well, I, I think it's hard to learn a lot in qualifying on a short track like that, as far as, uh, as far as what we're going to see out of the car, and that's the one thing that's going to be hard to take away from this event and even Daytona next week is what to really expect from this car. Uh, I mean, obviously there's no tracks as short as this one was and Daytona is something in its, in its own self, you know, so we're really going to see a couple weeks when they head out to, to Fontana for the next race. But, uh, I mean, as far as qualifying went, definitely you could tell the track was, was green to start and, and had obviously not been raced. And the guys that kind of drew that, those first couple spots, you could tell even with some of the veterans like Kurt Busch didn't qualify really well. And you can tell the track definitely worked itself in as they got towards the end of qualifying. And that was definitely a big advantage for those guys towards the end, I think. Yeah. And and really, too, when you when you look at those the big names that we were talking about, like the Harvicks and even, well, Kyle Busch just did Kyle Busch things. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, his brother struggled. Uh, Hamlin struggled a little bit. You saw these guys just sort of not be able to get grip and and slide around all over the place and even when the rubber started to get laid down in the track which they're going to tear up anyways in a couple of weeks but uh, that's neither here nor there but you know when the rubber did get laid down on these tracks it still felt like there was a lot of handling issues because of just how short the track actually was so but for me my initial takeaway was i i kind of see where they were talking about putting 
the car back in the driver's hands because it felt like there was a lot, especially once we got past qualifying um, into the actual heat races themselves, there was a lot more racing going on. And of course, that may have to do with absolutely how short the track was and how much the cars were on top of each other. But even in short tracks, we sometimes see that it gets single files stretched out, right? And even a Martinsville and some there, there's tends to be laps where it'll get kind of stretched out a little bit. But here, again, could have been a product of the short track. But I still felt like when there was racing to be done, these guys were going three wide on this track. Yeah, that's what's crazy is, I mean, they were spread out all over the place, beating and banging and bumping into every corner. And yeah, I mean... As far as the level playing field that we hammered so much on, you really saw it. I mean, guys like Justin Haley were up there. He won a heat race. He, he was up there all night until he kind of got punted there towards the end. But we saw guys like Cody Ware even running pretty well. And if you don't know much about NASCAR, he usually finishes from anywhere from 36th to 38th every week. So, I mean, just to see guys like him running well and then guys like Martin Truex Jr., struggled hardcore he had to use the provisional to even get into the main event from finishing second place in the in the point standings last year and he's a short track ace as of late he's been one of the best guys and you know he he didn't look that that good and denny hamlin struggled and kurt bush struggled so definitely we saw where these guys are gonna have to work for it and a good sample size of how it may be leveling out some i mean kyle bush was pretty dominant and that's definitely stuff we've seen in the past but i think i think it's going to be a fun exciting season of a lot of a lot of new and different stuff even kyle larson wasn't necessarily as dominant as everybody maybe had anticipated he be in this in this race it was crazy to see him a not up front and b really not even towards the front for most of the races yeah, I mean, even in the main there, I think he got up to maybe third at one point, and then he just kind of fell back. I think he finished fifth or sixth, but he wasn't ever really in the conversation for one of the guys that, that was up front and one of the better cars, which, I mean, from what we saw last season to jumping into that this season early, that shows you right there how, how much different things can be. So, uh, I mean, yeah, just a huge difference. So so that, that first heat race was very tame there was a lot of give and take there was a lot of people just trying to feel everything out not so much in that second heat race especially toward the end there and you want to talk about just getting chippy it just felt like those guys knew that this was it and even that last chance qualifier uh it just all was just so highly contested that you know it just made for some very interesting and now something i i was talking about too and wanting to see was how well these cars were going to hold up to the beating and banging. And my initial reaction was I was surprised how much these cars actually withstood because some of the hits that, that were being dished out would have taken out a car last season. Yeah, I mean, how many flat tires would we have seen last season from those those fenders just getting banged in a little bit that caused a tire rub, caused a tire to go flat? I don't think there was a single flat tire from – I mean, there were some cars that took some pretty hard hits in the – it was all messed up, but but not a cut tire from a bumper being bent. And they were beating and banging. Like you said, I mean, that first race, and that was the first time you had a bunch of cars out there trying to race. So, of course, those guys are going to kind of take it a little easier and kind of feel it out and see what it's like in an actual competitive environment. But after that, it was, you know, here we go. Let's go. And <laughs> no, no holds barred. Everyone was going after it. I love that Hamlin was like, well, it was a Truex, right, that, that sat out the second, uh, the last chance qualifier. 
yeah, yeah. He, he's like, yeah, no, nah, we're not even gonna go there. And then as you watched it, like you said, you were, you were like you were saying on the Slack channel, he, he made a good decision there. He made a great good decision. chance. He would have tore that car up and not had. And that's another thing too is it's hard to know maybe who was kind of trying to save their equipment more. I mean, we're seeing more and more news about the limited availability on some of these cars. Uh, they announced this week that I mean, in the past. The Daytona 500 winning car has always gone directly into the museum. And they announced this week they're not even going to do that this year. They're just going to scan the car and, and basically replicate it on one of the test cars from earlier this season just because these guys are going to be so limited on cars. And so you you wonder who is maybe holding back a little bit, not wanting to tear up their cars. And, you know, did that make a difference for guys like Keselowski in that ownership role with <laughs> – you know, he's another one that just, even though I really thought he would show up, he didn't, did not show up at all. And I wonder how much of that was him being conservative, maybe trying to take care of it, looking at it from the owner role. So it'll be interesting to see as we go forward. Well, they made a big deal they, about Hamlin doing that too, switching to owner mode, right? Right. In, immediately after he finished his race. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Speaking of that, the, the bets that we made last week, let, let's recap those real quick, just to just to get our mindset correct before we start to preview the biggest race of the year. Uh, and again, we were going into this blind just like everybody else. So uh, a lot of these bets were sort of uh, just trying to, to figure out what we could do with what we had available to us. So, uh, Cody, I'm going to start with yours. You had Larson plus 800 to win. We talked about his struggles. And, I mean, was it just that he was holding back? Do you think? I think you made a good point there just, just a second ago. Yeah, well, and just to hit on it too, that's something uh, that if you join our Slack channel and follow us on socials, we gave out some better stuff as we got more information as the weekend kind of went on. I mean, we gave out Reddick to win at plus 3,100, I think it was, Saturday night. And then by Sunday morning, that had dropped to 1,400. And I mean, until he broke whatever broke in the car, that was looking pretty good in the, in the main race. So I, I was trying not to count that money too early, but that's another advantage of, of joining us in the, in the SGPN NASCAR Slack channel and following us on social is you're going to be able to get some of those things. Cause obviously we're going into the week without seeing qualifying, without seeing practice when we're recording now. And so we're not going to have all the information that we can have later in the week. So we'll definitely be able to find some great angles and better numbers too. I think early in the week we'll be able to, to hit on stuff that we see could happen and, catch it before the line shifts but but yeah getting into larson i mean like i said you know i <laughs> seeing him at plus 800 last week it was just too good to pass up and i don't feel bad about that one i mean he he was up there towards the you know during the race it, and like i said i think he finished fifth but he wasn't really in contention to win so uh you know but I, i'm never gonna be sad about betting on him to win because uh He's proven he can do it, that's for sure. I was going to say, because it happens so much that even when he doesn't, you're still like, meh, we'll wait till next week. He'll probably do it again. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, well, I had Kyle Busch at the same plus 800 to win, and damn it all if I was, what, six, seven laps short of actually being able to cash that one? Yeah, you uh, you you really hit the nail on the head there. You called that one. and I mean, he, he looked like the most dominant car Right, I mean, right in from qualifying, obviously getting the pole and then dominating the heat race, starting up front, just jumping out. Well, Reddick kind of jumped out a little bit ahead of him there at first, but once Reddick was kind of out of the way, he he looked like the class of the field, and then Logano caught him there around halftime and and then kind of edged him out. But 
I mean, great bet on him. Obviously, finishing second is a little bit short of cashing, but you were definitely uh, on the right track. Well, and again, he had he had the car to beat, and unfortunately, Logano's car must have come to him, or he must have just figured out how to start driving around that track uh, because he was again catching him lap after lap after until eventually he finally caught him. But yeah, Kyle was Kyle was doing it, and even after cautions, which we saw a few of in this race, uh, <laughs> he still managed to to kind of get away. And it seemed like that inside line; it was so hard for anybody to get around. And then once Kyle got in that outside lane, that was pretty much it. I mean, Logano, Logano used that inside to his, his advantage, and Kyle couldn't do anything but slip in behind him for second place, which was an absolute and total disaster. But um, Yeah, I was actually really surprised he didn't use the bumper there towards the end. I think he was trying to set it up to make a last lap pass, and then the car, he kind of lost it with about three laps to go. You saw him just kind of fall off. I think he used up everything he had, so maybe he should have attempted that move a little earlier, but... I, I was surprised we didn't see the old chrome horn. Uh, oops, sorry, get out of the way. This is my race. Uh, uh, well, I was kind of rooting for that just to just to catch that bet. But. We saw some bumper car action though. We weren't even we, talking. I mean, this isn't this isn't gentle nudges. We saw full on almost T bones going. Yeah, on. it was. Uh, they were. It did. It looked. Yeah, exactly like that bumper car is just boom slamming into each other and and it was great. And it was great to see those cars hold up the way they did. That that's gonna make for more exciting racing and allowing these guys to be able to push those limits even more. Whereas they had to be more careful in the last few years. Cause like we said, you know, a small bump and you got to cut tire and now you're bringing now it hopefully in. We can see a lot more beating and banging. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's quickly wrap up the rest of these bets. You had Kozlowski at plus 1800 is sort of a long shot to win. We talked about him just not showing up. I had Kevin Harvick at plus 425 to finish top 10. He was another one of those veterans that sort of just faded into the back. I don't think he wanted to play that game uh, that night. Yep. Yeah, I agreed. And in fact, did you you heard his interview right where he was just kind of like, "Yeah, I don't know that we got what we need, so let's let's just ride around and get some laps." Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was exactly it. And there, that specifically is one of the teams that's expressed uh, from his crew chief, you know, about how they don't have a bunch of backup cars and and they don't feel super comfortable about it. So. Maybe once he felt, you know, started going and felt like he wasn't going to have anything, he just kind of coasted around the rest of it. And it, that's the thing that's that's tough to tell, especially with an exhibition race. I mean, we won't have to worry about that the rest of the season. These guys will be going all out to win no matter what from here on out. But, but yeah, maybe that's something we just, you know, there's not really any way to know what who's going to take it that way. And, and so same thing with Kozlowski, like we talked about, you know, it just, just a miss on those, which it was tough with, the limited information we had kind of coming into this one yeah i mean we did the best we could with what we had so this starting next week for sure is when we'll really start to have everything uh the even the early lines that we'll talk about later on in the show it, you know we're just all it's all just guessing at this point so um all right eric almarola top five for you plus 800 unfortunately didn't even make the main so that was voided uh which i don't know if Mine was voided because uh, Amarola didn't make it, but I had Bubba over Amarola at plus one forty. I think that was voided, right? Because he didn't make the main. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I didn't see. I didn't look back to see how they graded though. If that, if they graded those as a win or not, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to look. But yeah, I mean, Amarola, you know, yeah. he kind of got punted there and destroyed his car, and he wasn't happy about it either. No, he was not. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> no, nobody was very happy about any of that. Uh, all right, you had Blaney over Byron. 
I think that worked out for you, right? It did, yeah. yes. Yeah, that one worked out for you. Ryan Blaney yeah. really yeah. did good. Yeah, Blaney was one. Well, uh, yeah, he was one of those guys that looked decent until he got punted also. And then he, how do you? How does he go out and throw his Hans device and none of those Fox cameras caught it? I was like, come on, show us him throwing it. I want to see, especially from him. He's not one of those guys we've seen super emotional before. And no. He was pissed. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure the intensity of the situation was not lost on this guy. He wanted to run around and finish well, but yeah, he didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah. So, and then I had Kyle Busch, uh, a position and a half over Joey Logano. Unfortunately, that <laughs> flipped on its head, and Logano got that position and a half. So, I would uh, like to say my one counter argument to that last week was <laughs> that he won last year on Bristol Dirt, the, the random new track that nobody knew anything about, and he did it again. So, maybe I should have took that angle a little harder, I guess. <laughs> I, well, I hope people listen to you and not me on that bet. That's for sure. <laughs> They would have definitely went a lot better. So, uh, all right. Well, look. Final takeaways from just what we've what we saw. I mean, what what are you excited about going into Daytona? What are you excited about going into the season now that we've seen cars on the track for the first time this year? I'm I'm excited about every, all of it. I'm just excited they're back, you know, and to see all these new changes. Like I said, like we talked about, you know, uh, I think it's going to be more more of those, you know, level playing field again. Where where these guys are going to be on a on a tighter, you know, tighter track, and it's going to make for more exciting racing. I think we're in for a really exciting season. And I mean, getting cars out on the track last week, even though it was just an exhibition race, got the juices flowing, got me back into the the NASCAR's back, and and here we go. Now we go into the 500, which is can be a shit show for sure. (laughs) You got to get lucky, but but. uh, it's going to be exciting, and then we can really get into the season once we uh, head on to week two. I petition that we have a halftime every time, and that Ice Cube performs. Uh, Agreed. I mean, that got me pumped up, man. I right? liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. I I, I like that NASCAR is kind of doing some of those different things, and like that's obviously not something that's going to work at every race, but but it was perfect there, and you know it was it was a cool little break and a nice show to be put on. So I think they I think they hit the nail on the head with this whole thing, and. I think it's 90 days they have to exercise if they want to do it the next two years there. So I think we could see it come back for the next couple of years and then maybe it leads to doing it other places, you know? I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with the traveling. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years in a spot would be great, but then just, you know, to continue. I know that people that want it at Daytona all the time, but, you know, spread the love. I I think it'd be exciting to go different places. I mean, you you could follow the Super Bowl around. I think it's in Arizona next year. You you could go do something down there, not necessarily at Phoenix, but at another track down there. Uh, You're a little limited this time of year because you got to stick to the warmer climates, but but there's still plenty of options and places to go. I mean, there's plenty of small tracks that already exist they could use. Obviously, they proved so amazing how they built that track the way they did and then and now it's getting torn down like it's going to be like it was never there it's just Sad, it's crazy it? but i i think it definitely can open the door for a lot of exciting things in the future and hopefully nascar capitalizes on that indeed all right let's put a bow on the bush clash as exciting as it was we get to look ahead to an even more exciting event we we'll come back we're going to talk a little daytona 500 here on the nascar gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network stick around 
WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and New York, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget all the props that will be available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. Bet $10, win $200. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You want to build a, 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 a parlay? <laughs> Can I say a parlay? Here is a potential for you. Aaron Donald plus one sack. Los Angeles Rams come from behind win. And Cooper Cup, one touchdown. You do that, it's at plus 400. You want bigger odds? Plus 4,000. How about this one? Los Angeles Rams, minus four and a half. Cam Akers, first TD TD score. Jamar Chase, 105 plus receiving yards. 230 plus passing yards from Joe Burrow. You parlay those together, you get plus 4,000 for that bet. Hell of an odd boost right there. Offer subject to change. Terms and condition at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There's never enough things to gamble on. Proof positive, this podcast. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horse, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. If you don't know anything about horses just like me, don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your strategy and the best strategy the app is free to download at stableduel.com multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the united states get in the app create your account start building your stables today invite your friends play against you or play against our stables you can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats so download now at stableduel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable see you in the winner circle play race and win Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling in into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. You like free. I like free. Everybody likes free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 
on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Cody, the Super Bowl is Sunday. We've said it before, but the Super Bowl for us is next Sunday as well. The Daytona 500 firing back up again for 2022. Again, we've already touched on how exciting it is just to have Daytona 500, but to have Daytona 500 with a brand new car, I I mean, look, this is about as excited as I've been for a Daytona 500 in a very long time. Yes, we are in for a treat. I mean, Daytona is already the most historic track in NASCAR. The Daytona 500 is the biggest race. It's the one everyone wants to win. And it's open to literally anyone. 20-year-old Trevor Bain in his second start in NASCAR, Daytona 500 winner. Michael Waltrip, after 462 races without a win, Daytona 500 winner. Uh, Michael McDowell, after 358 races, finally a win in the Daytona 500 last year. It is open to anyone in this field. I mean, even more so with the new car now, but already this type of race is open to anyone to win and it's so exciting i mean you get the pack racing the whole time you you get the big accidents if you like to see those crazy wild things and watch the guys that maneuver through it and and end up being there at the end it's it is jam-packed action and i love it i'm so excited as big as it is though you really can't capture how big it actually is until you take into perspective a guy like dale earnhardt right senior a guy that had won just about everything under the sun never got himself a daytona 500 and when he when he finally did win it it was the biggest thing in his life like he he didn't matter how many other races he'd won or championships he'd won or things that he'd accomplished that one win at the daytona 500 basically defined his entire career it's almost like it really is like uh, if matthew stafford were to win a super bowl you know you've been cheering for him for years to win something you you know i've matthew stafford don't jump on me for comparing him to dale earnhardt senior but <laughs> the sentiment is there right somebody that's been long suffering that hasn't had a championship that has played in the sport for a while and you know that's the one thing they needed was a super bowl ring that was dale earnhardt senior super bowl ring that's exactly i mean the guy had seven NASCAR championships. He won race after race. He won all the time on at Daytona even. He won at Talladega all the time. But he could not get that Daytona 500. It took him 20 tries before he finally got it. And, I mean, when he got it, it was just so huge for everyone in the sport. I mean, every crew member lined up on pit road to congratulate him when he came in. I mean, everyone just knew the how big and how exciting it was to finally get there and and how happy it made him. The guy had won everything there was to win other than that. And to finally get that accomplishment, it's just, it it shows you how big and how grand winning the Daytona 500 is. And really we've seen the way that it happens. We've just seen it change over the years as well. I mean, we, we obviously pack racing, they had it wide open for a while, then restrictor plates, and then you know they tried to mess with the horsepower and downforce a little bit to to avoid some of the gigantic wrecks that were happening. And so then we started to see almost single file racing at Daytona, which was absolutely unheard of. So we've seen even the event itself sort of shift and morph over the years. And and now 
we get to kind of usher in a brand new era of it that we don't know what it, this is going to look like. I mean, is is pack racing going to come back the way it is, or what? I mean, I don't even know what we're going to see. Cody, your your best guess is what? Well, that's the thing is we have no idea, and I don't know that NASCAR or these teams know either. I mean, yes, there's been a good amount of testing getting ready for this, but when they're testing, they're running a group of cars together. But how hard are these guys driving? How you know? How safe? Nobody wants to be the first one to wreck on that. I mean, so we don't know, and that's what makes it even more exciting. Is it? It, it could just be crazy chaos. It could be, you know. I, I mean, yeah, we we just don't know what to expect to see. I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be kind of similar to what we've been seeing, but maybe not. Maybe cars will be able to break off more. Maybe they'll draft a different way it, it sounds like maybe the side draft isn't going to be such a thing so they're going to have to find different ways to maneuver the cars around them and and work that air around them it, it's going to be uh we, we don't know because you know this can be the first time seeing it and that adds even more to the excitement of what's this next generation of these super speedways going to look like and we're about to see it unfold right in front of our eyes and the aero packages at at Daytona at any super speedway really are, are crucial, obviously, because especially when they were when they were racing about as close as humanly possible, and bump drafting was a thing, and you know any air disturbance around them would send them off into some sort of gigantic wreck. So they've been playing so much with the the spoilers and with the the packages that they've been testing. Again, I, I, until we see it out on the track, until we start to see the Daytona practices and, and, and what we're actually going to get out of these cars, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for us to really gauge what's going to happen once these cars get out on the track. Because, you know, again, it wasn't that long ago, three, four, five years ago, that we were seeing, you know, three wide all the way across the track, and you really could, they always like to say, 20 cars under a blanket, and that's what it was. And the thing was is that you had to figure out whether or not you wanted to take the chance of jumping out in the front and, and waiting to get caught in the end. And now, you know, you see these two packs uh, of two cars, kind of the, the lead pack and then the trail pack. Can the trail pack catch the lead pack? And then when they do, when do they make their move? Do they get single file? You know, a lot of people, especially when they're new to the sport, don't real they don't grasp necessarily the strategy of a race. I mean, they just see it as going fast and, and turning left. But there's so much strategy, especially in Daytona, that goes with it that these drivers don't even know what what to expect when they step behind the wheel of that car and and what it's going to take for them to get out and win Daytona. They know what it used to take to get out and win Daytona, but now they're just in completely unchattered territory and us as fans and as betters we're in the same boat yeah exactly and that's something if, you, if you're newer to nascar try and sit down and like actually listen to the whole broadcast because they do a pretty good job of of kind of digging in and this is why they're doing this and why they're doing that and i mean just think about driving almost 200 miles an hour three inches from the next guy touching the next guy half the time being able to hold it and keep it straight and one little slight twist or turn or mistake and you wreck 30 cars, you know, it's just, I mean, these guys are, they're giving it their all in one little, one little mistake. And that, you know, takes out half the field and just causes complete chaos. And, and yeah, I mean, like you said, we've seen it over the years where guys have won these races or lost these races based on 
when do you make the move how how long do you wait to 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 jump up and jump out of line and does anybody go with you and do you block the top line or do you stay on the bottom line do you did you wait too long and you get turned and yeah it's 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 always so exciting and now they're gonna have to do it without knowing exactly what the best way is they may have thought one way was the best way last year but now is it going to be something totally different and it's going to be so interesting to see who makes those moves and that could be another thing is earlier in this race do we see them starting to try to test that stuff out and does that cause more chaos and more wrecks because they're trying to figure out how far they can push certain things or when they can make certain moves and stuff like that so it, it it's going to be really exciting to watch the, the race within the race and how these guys handle everything like that. Well, and we saw at the clash that a lot of the names, the young names, were starting to rise to the top where, you know, and, and in fact, you said, um, was it Haley? Was it Haley or was it, um, I can't remember exactly who was talking, but he was he was talking about the fact that, oh, it was uh, Burton, right? Burton's kid. Nah, because everybody knew who he was. Anyways, no, it was Haley. Yeah, Haley. He got dumped by Larson. Yeah, yeah. There. When Larson thought he he kind of got shoved into Larson by Larson's teammate actually. Yeah. But and I think Larson thought that it was it was him, and then he kind of dumped him. But yeah. Yeah. But Haley was saying, you know, look, we're getting our names out there. Like you don't know my name yet, but you will soon. And I have a feeling that this season, more than any, we may start to see some of the newer names just making some some headlines early because they may get this figured out faster than some of the older guys that have you know been used to their car for years and years and years even with all the changes it was still almost the same kind of car this thing is almost brand new from the floor yeah, and, and that's the thing with somebody like him i heard i don't can't remember who it was one of the ex-drivers uh was talking about after like the way that he kind of talked about talked about it in that interview was exactly what they want to see. And he's going to have to show these guys in the next race when Larson's up against him, he's not going to move over and get out of his way. He's going to have to stick it in there and, and show him, Hey, I'm here to race you too. Just because I've been in the back in previous years and lesser equipment. Now I'm here. I'm in the same equipment you are and I'm going to race you and you're going to have to get used to it. So, and with all these young guys, there's a big influx of younger guys in the sport now. And they're on good teams. I mean, that colleague team should be pretty good. You've got, you know, Cindric stepping into the Kez, into the the Keselowski ride at Penske. You got a Wood Brothers has a rookie. I mean, it's not just new guys in, in crappier teams. It's some of these guys are stepping into big teams, big shoes to fill, and they're going to have to assert themselves and prove to these guys, hey, I deserve to be up here racing with you. So that's going to be something that's very interesting to watch how, how they go about that. And, you know, there's, there's been drivers in the past that you can kind of see, they just got pushed around because they were the nice guy on the track. And so it, it'll be interesting to see who kind of asserts their dominance and, and shows, Hey, I, I'm not here to mess around. I'm not here to get out of your way. You're going to have to take it from me. And we may not know anything until the duel. I, I mean, even as late as the duels, you know, that that's the thing about it is that we can watch practice all we want, but I, I, until we actually see these guys racing on the track, next to each other we may not know anything you know exactly yep you're yep, you're spot on so and and look i'm sure there's a lot of uh experts out there that are all staking their claim right now but you'll never see me staking my claim if i if i don't know fully what i'm talking about and a lot of folks that are going to be like yep i know exactly what's going to happen 
I, I want to know if they were saying that before the Bush clash because I would have never predicted any of that to happen. Yeah, exactly. And especially going to a track like Daytona. If anybody tells you uh, what's going to happen, uh, they're lying because <laughs> <laughs> literally anything can happen. And that's you know something to look at from the gambling aspect. Daytona is one of those tracks where you can still place your bets and there's definitely good ways to get in on lines and fun things to bet on. But you definitely don't want to blow your entire bankroll on a track like this because like we said, you know, somebody moves a centimeter the wrong direction and there goes 25 cars and that, you know, but that can be good for you or it can be bad for you, depending on how lucky or unlucky your guy is. All somebody has to do is just take the air up underneath you. That's all there is to it in Daytona, especially in Daytona. I mean, in a mile and a half track, you can get up on somebody and disrupt them a little bit, but you're not going to send them into the wall. You, you displace You don't even have to touch the person. You just displace that air in the right place, they're heading to the wall. It's it's insane. Yeah, we've seen that so many times, too, where they're interviewing a guy as soon as he gets out of the infield care center, and he's like, he just turned me, and then they show him the replay right there, and he's like, wow, he didn't even touch me. You know, it just it felt like he got hit because the air and the way the air moves so much on this track at that speed with these type of cars, it's crazy. And, and again, I mean, we were, we're going to touch on some storylines, but I mean, that really is the big storyline. There's really no other. I mean, usually going into Daytona, we're talking about you know, who we think is going to win and who everything, but the, we just don't know. I mean, the biggest storyline is that we just don't know. There, there's a lot of, we talked about the, the teams, the youngsters. Those, those are good storylines too because those are guys to watch now. And, and I think they made that known at this race, which is traditionally sent for champions and pole winners, but I love that they gave these guys an opportunity to just sort of get out there and run with everybody. Agreed. Yeah. I love how they opened up the field to everyone and made it an all inclusive event. And, you know, even the guys that didn't make the the final race, you know, they still got plenty of on track time and plenty of time to, to kind of get to feel the cars out and, and get to feel back, you know, get back in the seat for an actual race. So I, I think that it was, you know, it had kind of gotten a joke before because it was, you know, well, it was pole winners and then it was, you know, oh, we're going to let past champions in and, oh, you want to stage race. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. commented that uh, if you had a driver's license, you were qualified before. <laughs> so why not just let everyone in and, and actually let them go race for it, you know? I'm a little disappointed that they didn't have pit stops. I would have liked to have seen what a pit stop looked like. Yeah. It, and that's going to be another thing that's going to be crazy is the whole the pit stops are going to be totally different than we've ever seen before this year with the one lug nut. And now they're allowing them to run around the front side of the car where they couldn't do that before. And that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, it was definitely when I went to the Knoxville truck race last year over in Iowa at the dirt track and they had those uh, non live pit stops there. And it was definitely different to see, see the not live pit stops, but, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much time it takes off and the different strategies with, do you fill the car all the way with fuel and do you not? And you know, if you miss a lug nut this time, the whole tire is going to fall off. So <laughs> there's no, no penalty. Yeah. You penalize yourself yeah, no for lug that nut penalties. <laughs> you didn't hit your only lug nut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to actually talk about some early. I mean, look, We'll hit on it when we get back, but yeah, finding lines for this that, that we liked, a uh, little difficult, so we made our own. We'll go over those once we come back from the break. 
Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Come prop up with Thrive Fantasy for the big game. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Here's how it works. You choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams. Each prop is a sign of fantasy value or for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game. That's $25 to enter and first place takes home a cool 20K. Use the promo code SGP when you sign up today. You're going to get a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. You need a primer? Cody and I just did a podcast on the Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network last night that you can get some of our favorite plays from. Uh, so go hit that podcast. Then deposit your money into Thrive Fantasy. If you deposit $10 or more, you're going to receive that deposit match plus two free 100K contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, thrivefantasy.com. Promo code SGP. We're brought to you by PropSwap, as we always are, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the Super Bowl is prop swapping the Super Bowl. January was PropSwap's biggest month ever as bettors from across the country cashed in their Super Bowl bets. Like Joe from California, he sold a 140 to 1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,500. The buyer got great odds, and Joe made 15 times his money. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bet. So hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. You get a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. A loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash. And of course, that first deposit cash match. Using the promo code SGP on your first deposit, PropSwap's going to match it up to five. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The fantasy season may be over the regular season. There's so much going on, but the regular fantasy season may be over. But the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. The reason we love Better Fantasy here at the SGPN is because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. Totally free to play. You earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states. So download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, go 10-0 with the Super Bowl props and win $100,000 on the SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store, giving you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts just like this one. While you're at it, help this show grow. Toss us an app review, and as always, download the SGPN app today. Cody, we come to the reason why we are gathered here today, and that is to place some bets and win people some money. Uh, I know that that is why you're excited about the show, and I really want to win people some money. That's right. Uh, and also, I, I had a fun time with you last night on that uh, fantasy football podcast with going over the Thrive uh, bets, and, and I was looking at uh, that Super $25 Super Bowl contest they have, and they're paying out 
more spots than they have entered so far. So a uh, little tip there. If you if you get in, you're going to have a good chance to, to make some money on a guaranteed prize pool there. Good overlay. Yes. Beautiful. Um, all right. So look, normally and, and, and in the future when the races are actually happening the week of, uh, we won't have to worry about this anymore for at least the next month or so not having a race uh, on a on a on a week so basically what we're doing now is because it's the super bowl and we're going to do some crossover picks because you know that's just the way it works anymore unfortunately and, and cody will will back me up on this in fact cody was the first one that brought his my attention in in our chat he said rod they they're not giving us any crossover picks what the hell so that's frustrating <laughs> Very. Yeah, I'm looking all over. I'm trying to find some crossover picks, and I don't see them anywhere. So NASCAR getting the shaft again, man. Just no fun. That's all right. We love we love NASCAR, and we'll keep doing it. So, um, so all right. We just we made our own. I mean, I think we went over to Barstool. You turned me on to the Barstool where we could parlay some stuff, and uh, and we're just parlayed our own uh, crossover bets. So let's let's go ahead and start, Cody, with your first crossover bet uh, for the Super Bowl slash Daytona 500. Uh, yes, exactly. If they're not going to give them to us, we'll make them ourselves. So <laughs> we'll do it uh, ourselves. <laughs> so I went over to DraftKings actually for my first one. Uh, they have Corey LaJoy top 20 at minus 150, which is a bet I love. He's he's proved himself a lot on uh, super speedway races. And he's got uh, one, two, three, four. He's got four top 20 finishes in the last five races at Daytona and the one that's not a top 20, he finished 21st. So he's, he's really proven uh, that he's good at, at sticking in the packs, doing the drafting, good, staying out of trouble, keeping the car clean. And like we said, with that Rex, you know, one wreck wipes out half the field. As long as he can miss it, then he's pretty much going to be locked into the top 20. So I like that. Uh, I parlayed that with over five and a half total sacks in the Super Bowl. Uh, we talked about that on your fantasy football podcast. I think that the Rams alone might be able to hit five and a half. I mean, the way that Burrow had to run for his life in the Titans game uh, and with that Rams defense, that's just so good. I think they're going to be getting after him. And Matt Stafford is not exactly Michael Vick. <laughs> he kind of stands back there and he's a statue. So if that solid Bengals defense can get to him a couple of times, Five and a half, I think, is is easy to go over. So if you parlay the two, it'll get you to uh, plus two fifty, and that's a nice little, nice little action in both uh, the Super Bowls for you. Plus money is always good money, and and I do like that. In fact, if you listen to the prop cast that's coming out, this uh, it should be either today or, or tonight. By the time you listen to this, the prop cast will probably already be out. Just a spoiler alert: I'm giving you a sack prop on that show so you might want to head over there too uh while you parlay that one head to the prop cast and take the sack bet that i'm about to give you because i like that one a lot so um just a, a little teaser there for the prop cast here on the sgpn with moon off and minty bets uh from yahoo sportsbook so she was on that show too um i love it we are company men here at the sgpn that's right that that's one of my favorite favorite podcast to listen to moon off always does a great job you do a great job minty's been on a few times she's always great uh yeah and you guys i mean like you were talking about in the podcast we did last night with digging in and finding those angles on kicker props and defensive props and stuff that not everybody looks at you know the general public just thinks oh i gotta go bet jamar chase over yards because he's gonna go off 
And that's not always the best way to look at it. If you dig in, you look at the statistics, and you guys are really good at pointing that out, and I'll be listening to that tonight, actually. So Yes, sir. I know I will be, too. I want to listen because I, I liked uh, having Minty and, and being on there with her. That was, that was a lot of fun. So uh, make sure you listen to that show. Uh, all right. I'll start out with my first one. I, I was on Barstool for this one, and I lumped together Denley, Denny Hamlin for the win and the Cincinnati money line uh, at plus 2,266. <laughs> you want to talk about a hell of a parlay there. Uh, but again, because it's Danny Hamlin, you know, he, he basically can win all of it. He won so many Daytona 500s already that in the last three or four years. Um, you look at down the, the list of, of winners, and it's just like every other name is Denny Hamlin over the last few years. Uh, I won't bore you with the actual number of them, but I'll just tell you that Denny Hamlin has won quite a few. And really, again, this is just a, a bet that... Uh, when you and place a safe enough bet on one, you could take a chance on the other. And I don't like the Rams. I'm betting Cincy to win, so I might as well just put my money where my mouth is and and take a huge plus money jump at Denny Hamlin to win and Cincinnati on the money line. Cody, am I wrong? Well, <laughs> I do like the Rams in this game. I know you do. But if you're on the Cincinnati side, you're getting them at the money line. Denny Hamlin is the favorite to win the Daytona 500. Mm -hmm. So if you think Cincinnati is going to win already, you're going to jump your odds from what is he plus eight plus 900 to win right now to plus 2200. I mean, you really can't beat that. He's been a beast at super speedways. Again, anything can happen. Anyone can win, but two of the last three, guess who won? It was Denny Hamlin. So he's one of those guys that's always up there in the mix. He, He's always always seems to be there, and if he can keep it clean, there's no reason he can't win. So yeah, if you're on Cincinnati to win, there's you know no reason you shouldn't take this because you're increasing his odds so much more than you're gonna get just betting him outright. And it's you know just just outright betting the favorite to win the Daytona 500 is not usually the best idea anyway. Oh, God, so no. <laughs> if you, if you can increase his odds so much like this. I think it's a home run. Yeah. And again, it's because it, one one wreck can take them out at uh, at Daytona, and, and you don't want to be on the losing end of that. That's why top five, top ten uh, are, are usually better, or, or group winners are much better than an outright winner at Daytona. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, this seemed like a fun little bet to parlay, and uh, you know there weren't that many to, to hit up anyway, so that's the one I chose. So we'll, uh, we'll go with that one. Uh, Cody, what, like what's it. your next bet? All right, next one, I went over to Barstool. Barstool's got a ton of stuff up already for as far as NASCAR lines. I mean, they've got head-to-heads. They've got group betting. They've got manufacturer. So this one, I took the winning car number as an odd number, which I think is pretty nice because you can get Denny Hamlin like we just talked about. You, you get uh, Austin Dillon, who's won before. You get Corey LaJoy, who I've thrown out there that I love. And side note, I gave him out a plus 13,000 on DK to on the first episode. He's still at plus 10,000. So throw a little bit on that. I really like that one, but uh, you get chase Elliott. Who's been up there. I mean, last year it, it, when the Keselowski and uh, Logano wrecked on the last lap, it, we were unsure at first who won, if it was Elliott or McDowell, because they, they were so close when the light came out. So he's another good one. Uh, uh, you got um, the the twenty one Wood Brothers car. They've done it there before. It's a new driver, but you know you got Bubba Wallace, 
who just won at Talladega last year. He's proven he can hang with them on the super speedways. Kurt Busch, who's won Daytona 500 before. So you get a lot of drivers kind of lumped in there. And that's another thing, too, where you don't have to just rely on one driver. If, you know, what your guy gets taken out, you have all these other odd-numbered drivers that you can fall back on. So I parlayed that with uh, Stafford over five and a half rushing yards. That might be a little bit of a tougher one because I did just call him a statue. <laughs> but we've seen uh, in the last few games, uh, the playoff games, he had eight uh, last week, uh, six the week before, and then he had 22 rushing yards <laughs> week one against Arizona. So I think that, you know, if he gets chased a little, he might be able to get out of the pocket when he's not getting sacked. And the nice thing about pro football is sacks don't count against your rushing yards. Maybe the only concern is getting burned on kneel downs at the end of the game if the Rams have it in hand and he's doing those. But I, I think he could easily just scramble out for one run. And, and I mean, that's all he takes is one run and he goes eight, 10 yards. And you can hopefully be safe other than watching out for those kneel downs. But I, I, I think, you know, he, he's going to be balling out and he, he's going to want to leave it all out on the field. So if he gets an opportunity and the, they're not really going to be playing him to run, you're not going to be spying him. So if they're running go routes and the field opens up and he's got that lane, I think he's going to he's gonna run for those those yards and get over that five and a half. So if you can get that this weekend and then you got all the odd-numbered cars in your lineup for the next weekend and all you got to do is have one of them win and, and that's a lot of options. I, I want to say that the odds and the evens and the, the car numbers with under whatever, 20 or over 20, those are some of the most underrated bets in NASCAR. Because, again, you said it before, you almost half the field is odds, and half the field is... So you have, you know, sometimes six, seven, eight, nine, ten drivers at your disposal more than you would if you were just to bet the outright. And, you know, a lot of the odds are almost the same on that type of stuff. So, yeah, if you could find those type of bets over the course of the season, I, you'd be more profitable than not. Yeah, agreed. That's one I really like to look at. And sometimes you get it as low as, like, nine and a half because... Like if Larson and Elliott are super favorites to win the race, they're both under that. Well, if you leave the over, you're giving me Danny Hamlin, you're giving me Kyle Busch, ah, you're giving Bush. me Martin Truex. You're, I mean, more than half the field <laughs> is over car number 10. So it, it really opens up some great opportunities. It's a different fun way to attack it. And in a race like this where, you know, your guy can get swept up so easily, it leaves those options open for you. And I really like that. So you know, even if you do have Denny Hamlin, uh, he gets taken out in the first wreck. Okay, I still have all the other odd-numbered cars. Absolutely. So, yeah, good good bet. I like that. Um, all right, I'm going to move to the guy with ice water in his in his legs. And uh, we're going to go uh, Mr. McPherson over 7.5 with Chase Elliott at a top three. Uh, I think this one came in at right around uh, 600 and some odd. I, I didn't... I, I clicked off of it before I could see it, but this is definitely plus money. And uh, for me, it's just, look, I think McPherson over seven and a half or points is, is almost a gimme. That's two field goals and two extra points. And I highly, I think that's exactly what he can get. I mean, I, I have him, we talked about him on the prop cast or on the prop cast. We talked about him on our thrive fantasy show last night. Uh, as far as him being just a, a, a cash cow every single week, uh, and, and I just don't see him slowing down in the Super Bowl. I really don't. I think they're going to be in a situation a couple of times where they're going to have to kick that field goal. He's going to make those, and I think Burrow's going to throw at least one touchdown, if not two, 
and that's that two extra points. Joe Mixon, I think, is going to run for a touchdown. So, again, there's plenty of opportunities for McPherson to kick. And as for Elliott, two of the last three races on the track at Daytona, he's finished second. So, a top three for Chase Elliott here is not really out of the realm of possibility, a track he loves over the last couple of years. And, of course, we just know Chase Elliott is a monster. So, I have a feeling that by the end of this race, he will be in the mix for the win and definitely a top three. So both of these are slam dunks, in my opinion. And if I can get this for plus money, I'm taking it. Yeah, agreed. I, I like this one a lot. I mean, we talked about uh, McPherson last night. <laughs> four for four last week. Four for four the week before. And four for four the first playoff game. Dude is just been automatic. He's been so good. And like I talked about with this Rams defense being tough, if Cincinnati's able to move the ball a little bit and then they get stopped, they're going to lean on his leg. Two field goals, two touchdowns, that's all you need, and he's he's gone over. So I love that. And then, yeah, like you said with Elliott, yeah, two second places in the last three races there. Uh, he, he's kind of started off his career a little slower at Daytona, I think kind of learning the draft and all that. But lately he's really proved that he can hang on the short tracks or on the, not the short tracks. Well, those two, those two. But, <laughs> but he can hang everywhere really, you know, but on the super speedways, he's proved that he's, he's learned how to manipulate the draft and how to hang up there. And again, if he can stay out of trouble, he's going to be in the mix at the end. And that's another great thing about this too, is if you're in the mix at the end, if there's five laps to go and the guy you bet on is in 20th place and they're all running in a pack, he can easily be the winner. It's that, I mean, that's how exciting and how crazy these races can get. It just do not look at your DraftKings fantasy lineup <laughs> at all during a super speedway race, but especially not in the last lap because I've seen it before where you're either winning a ton and then you're not, or you're not winning anything and then you win a ton. And it it just changes so much because you can swing and he's he's going to be able to, if he can stay out of trouble during the race, he's going to be in position. And, and as, as he gets up there as more, one of the more veteran drivers, he, he's learned how to put himself up there and be in the mix, and I think that a top three is definitely not another question for him. Me either. My Haley lineup in DK really suffered because of that, and Reddick too. Oh, when Reddick went out, that was it. That, sayonara, my DFS lineup when Reddick went out. I was yeah, good yeah for I had Reddick, which I was at the start looked great, and then I had Hamlin too, and Hamlin, Hamlin on us, and once, once something doesn't go his way, he just kind of quits. So. Yeah. Oh, he sure <laughs> he did. Saw he that again. checked right the hell out. <laughs> I mean, he really did, too. He was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Uh, he he literally it. said on the radio, there's no point in even trying to fix this. Yep, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. oh, well. But <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on to your third best bet here, your little parlay that you've got going on. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you offering up next? All right, this is going to be my long shot one. So uh, I like the Rams to win, so I'm just going to take them on the money line. That seems nice and easy. They're the favorite to win, right? And then you can throw in Justin Haley, who has really proved himself in the Xfinity series. He has four wins, had four wins in the Xfinity series, all on super speedways, all in college cars, which is what he's racing in the cup now. He actually technically has one cup series win also at Talladega or well, Daytona. I don't one of the two. But that was obviously different circumstances with the rain. But he's proven that he can be on, you know, hang on these tracks and he knows how to work the draft and, and how to manipulate that. And maybe, uh, a little fire was sparked last week with, uh, him wanting to prove himself and what better way than to come out on a brand new team 
and win the Daytona 500. Well, kind of a brand new team. They ran a few races last year, but pretty much brand new. First full-time season, really on a good team. So he's plus 4,000 to win. So if you throw in the Rams money line with it uh, and parlay them together, that puts you up to 6,000 to plus 6,000. So you're increasing a long shot's odds already. And like we said, anybody can win this race. And he's proven he can win on these types of races. So if you want to throw something out there that's a longer shot, I think this is a great way to even increase his odds from being already plus 4,000. I was impressed with the kid. I'm going to tell you right now that when I saw him run in, I mean, he looked comfortable. He really did. Like, there was no, he didn't look like the situation was too big for him. He, He just, and then the way he handled himself in the interview, it was very, I just, compo- he was composed in a way that I didn't think that he was going to be composed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to, if you're going to give me an opportunity to just throw even a half a unit down on something like that, I, I, I may take that because, you know, again, it, it's a matter of, of trying to just say this guy, this kid could be in the mix at the end of it. And, and, you know, who knows that there, there he is, um, running around in the right place at the right time, maybe finds himself at the, the tail end or the, the beginning of a second wave if that's the way it happens and somebody pushes him to the front. And, I mean, it, it can happen. And and a, a guy like that who can create his own luck, I'll take it. Well, that's the thing, and we saw it last year even. I mean, McDowell was, what, fourth place coming into the third, to the final corners on the last lap. And, you know... Those guys got together right in front of him, and he just squeaked around on the outside. All you have to do is be up in the mix, and you can win. Even if, you know, you just have to be there at the end, and you can win. And like I said, I really think he's proven himself. I couldn't believe when I was looking up him up. He's only 22 years old. It seems like, I mean, he's been running an Xfinity series for a few years, and he's been doing really well. And I just didn't realize how young he is because he does seem so mature and and then, yeah, after watching his interview last week, he's fired up, and I think he really wants to prove himself. And, you know, like I said, what better way to do it than come out and win the Daytona 500 and be like, all right, I'm here, boys. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I mean, I can see it. So it's it's not bad. That's, that's again, you don't have to throw a lot down to win quite a bit should that happen. Um, yeah, and, you know, if, if you like the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game, you could flip that, and instead of putting Rams money line, you put the Bengals money line. And that's going to increase your odds even more because their money line is juiced up a little more. So you could play that either way you want to. I personally like the Rams, but you know, either way, you're increasing his odds. So can't do it. Can't bet on the Rams. <laughs> uh, in fact, so much so that my next pick is uh, look for McDowell to repeat. I can't believe how much he's actually down uh, to to actually win this race. He did it last year. I I, I can't understand. I mean, look, I get it. I mean, I understand that the rest of the season didn't pan out the way he wanted it to, but as a repeat Daytona winner, it could happen. I mean, these guys aren't necessarily, they don't forget that quickly how to drive around a track like that. So you taste it once, you might be able to do it again. Uh, so my, I put money on McDowell to win and Burrow as the MVP uh, of the Super Bowl. That comes in at an astronomical plus 20, 30 uh, twenty, you know, two twenty thousand and thirty at the plus odds, which tells you exactly how much that probably won't happen. But ima- I mean, I've seen people put some weird tickets out there. This doesn't seem quite as weird as some of the ones that I've seen out. That's the thing is, like, it's not really that crazy. Like, 
it, it is because and that's why the odds are so long but it's not because i mean he won the daytona 500 last year so i couldn't believe has how far his odds are to win it this year but he's already proven that he can do it he's been hanging around on the super speedways for years as one of the better drivers he's very experienced he's run a lot of races he's he's done this a long time and he can keep himself clean and again just be in the mix there at the end and that's all you have to do and if the Bengals win who's going to be the mvp most likely joe burrow everybody loves joe burrow mm -hmm. the quarterbacks are always the favorites to win most of the time the quarterbacks win the mvp if their team wins so if if you're going with cincinnati to win joe burrow is the obvious choice there and then mcdowell won it last year so it's not that crazy and when you get such long odds on it yeah, don't put your house on it, <laughs> obviously. But you'd sprinkle just a little bit on it, and it pays off big time. And that's the thing with putting these out there is, yeah, obviously they're not likely to hit. But if they do, what a hell of a story you have. And a nice bankroll for the rest of the season, right? <laughs> Glory is not one. It was, life's too short to bet the unders. So, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go ahead and give you one last one. I, I feel I'm feeling generous today, so I'll give you one more to give out to everybody because, again, we want to make people some money. And this one, I'll allow. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I like Kyle Busch over Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> no, but you got you got to say it the way it's in the show notes. <laughs> okay, in the show notes, it says KFB. Yes, we know why. his nickname because <laughs> he's Kyle fucking Busch. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I did put KFB over Truex. Uh, he, uh, although he's not, he's one of those guys that has won the Daytona 500, and despite having 17 tries, uh, which could be a very motivating factor for him to try and do well, especially coming off a second place finish and a great run at the Coliseum. But Martin Truex Jr., he's been one of those guys that just doesn't seem to get it done as much on. The super speedways. Uh, he just seems to have struggled. Uh, so I was looking five of the last six races at Daytona. Uh, he finished outside of the top 20. <laughs> so, and, and he has no wins there. Uh, so obviously he's not one of Daytona 500 either. And he's been around a little longer than Kyle Busch has. Uh, Kyle's had some struggles too, but his average finish is a good five spots better than Truex. And Truex is just one of those guys that I always notice even though he's always kind of one of the favorites because he's one of the bigger names, he just never seems to have, he's not one of those guys that seems to be up in the mix much. He's, he's lucked into a few decent finishes, but I really like Kyle Busch over him. So, and then I paired that up with uh, the first kickoff to result in a touchback as no. So this was something that guys talked about uh, on the main, the sports gambling podcast show uh, where they've heard some, some kickers were talking about, it's not a normal K kicking ball that they use for the opening kickoff. Hmm. It's a much harder, just straight out of the box ball. And because when they kick it off, it's returned or whatever. And then it goes straight to the hall of fame. So that's a special ball that's set aside. So that's kind of a nugget that a lot of the public doesn't know about. Um, and it's 26 and two in the last 28 uh, Super Bowls to not be a touchback so i mean you think about it everybody's juices are flowing he kicks it off even if it's a couple yards in the end zone that guy's thinking here we go i'm gonna start the super bowl off with a kick return for a touchdown he only gets 10 yards out of the end zone you know but he thinks he's gonna take it to the house so 
yeah, I really like uh, first kickoff to not be a touchback. And if you put them together, you're at plus 265. And I think that those are two things that very, very easily can hit for you. Well, I like Kyle Bush this year. I just, I feel like, again, I talked about it the, the last couple episodes about where I feel his head is at, where I feel his talent is at, and where this type of a situation for him, I think it benefits him. So I could definitely see him over Truex, especially because we saw Truex not really all that comfortable in this car yet. And it may take Truex a few races to actually feel comfortable. Whereas Kyle Busch just kind of jumped in and was like, yeah, let's go. I'm driving a minivan now. So let's, let's just take this around. Um, and the, the football thing aside, I actually didn't, I already felt like this wasn't going to be a touchback because just like you said, the, the Super Bowl is such a gigantic event that, kind of nobody wants to start it off with a touchback, right? It's the most it's the boring most boring play in all of football basically is the touchback. And and nobody wants to start out the biggest game of the season with a touchback. So, I would have taken that touchback bet regardless. But now if you're going to give me plus money with Kyle Busch on it, uh finishing over Truex, yeah, that definitely is a, a way to boost your odds without necessarily having to even try to boost your odds. So, um good last one. Cody, I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think he is, I agree with you on, he's going to be so motivated this season and you know, with his son Brexton getting into racing and doing so well at it too, I think that's really fired him up. And he mentioned that in his post-race interview, how Brexton had won the night before and he was really hoping to win and make it a double for the family. And, you know, uh, they're going to be having a daughter here soon. And I think he's really enjoying everything right now. And he's, maybe kind of starting to see that light towards the end of the tunnel. And, and he wants to really prove that he's still got it. And, and again, he's one of those guys that you can put him in anything and he can race it. And so with this new car, and like you said, with Truex, we definitely did not see that last week. Now, whether that was something to do with the car or with him just being more conservative, but he did not have it. And, and this is actually one of the bets that we gave out in the Slack channel. And then an article that I wrote last weekend too was, hammer Kyle Bush over Martin Truex and it wasn't even close. I mean, Bush finished second and Truex was nowhere to be found. So, uh, that's another thing where if you, if you follow us outside of this uh, on Twitter and then join the Slack channel for sure, uh, you can get those kind of extra nuggets too. But yeah, I mean, you're giving him practice, you're giving him the duels. He's going to have that car dialed in the way he likes it. And uh, I, I think he'll outperform Truex. I concur. That's that that one is going to make some people some money if they do it. I really, I truly believe that. So, um, if you take no other bets from this, I think that last one from Cody is is the one you want to take. I think that may be the the best bet of all of them this time, except for maybe McPherson and Elliott. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, Cody, we are going to prep for the Super Bowl and watch the Super Bowl. Uh, but in the back of our head, we're going to be thinking about what's coming around the corner for Daytona because while we talked about it, what was it? Um, who was it? We were talking about it in a Slack channel, I think, where they were saying, oh, the offseason or the postseason. I was like, ah, nah, you may be having the postseason. Our season's just starting. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy the Super Bowl. We're going to have a lot of fun. ton of prop bets on that always. But going to be knowing that, we're only once we get over with that, we're only six, seven days away from the Daytona 500 and and then full on into the season. So also working on getting a fantasy league set up uh, with our Slack channel buddies and listeners. So, again, another reason to join in the Slack channel and 
and hit us up about getting into that. And uh, I think we can have a little extra fun with that for the for a season-long fantasy league. Yep, jump in that Slack channel, SGPN Slack channel. It's NASCAR. It's always live for us. And, of course, Cody, where they can work it where they can? Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> How long has today been? Where can they find you on social media? Yep, uh, over on Twitter, uh, at Husker underscore Zeeb is where you can find me and i'll be posting a lot of stuff there trying to crank out some some more nascar content uh you know jumping on the football props with you uh got some olympic stuff coming out so got plenty of plenty of good content besides nascar but definitely tons of nascar stuff and and then obviously you can find me over in the slack channel too that's that's the place to be and and that that channel is really really getting going and picking up some steam and i think we're gonna have some some awesome conversations during the races and leading up to the races and, and throwing some bets out there and trying to snag some, some lines before they get updated like we did last week. So it's the place to be. Indeed. Cody's gone absolute deep end degen uh, on the SGPN and we're just glad to have him. So you can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Of course, subscribe to the show on the SGPN app and make sure you head over there for that prop contest, man. They are giving away some money you got to get a piece of that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are one week away from the Super Bowl of our sport. And ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to be finally talking about the Daytona 500 next week in full earnest. We'll have all the good bets for you. We'll find the best bets for you on the 500. Uh, we won't have the crossover bets. We'll, those will be done. But um, plenty more to come here on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. While you're at it, toss us an app review. Help this show grow. Help your friends find this show. And of course, as always, join the chat, the Slack channel. <laughs> I gotta go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, good night. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, catchy, catchy outro here.